It's 7 a.m. on the West Coast, 10 a.m. on the East Coast of the United States of America, 3 p.m. in London, in Kyoto and Tokyo. It's 11 p.m. And in Malaysia, it's 1982. I'm Jay Sheldon, and I'm not wearing pants. Welcome, welcome in everybody. It is quite a night. Um, we want to welcome our podcast listeners. We are a podcast also in addition to this live stream. Uh, we can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, everywhere you find a podcast, you'll find us. Just look for I'm Not Wearing Pants, look for that logo, and that's us. And thank you to all our new subscribers and the folks who are doing all the downloads. Our numbers are great. We really appreciate that. And we've got a ton of new uh, new likers on Facebook. Thank you so much for the, for the like. And uh, hopefully you'll, you'll give us a share too and you'll find us here. Uh, we're on Facebook Live, YouTube also. You can find uh, Jay Sheldon's channel over there and look for I'm Not Wearing Pants. We've got a couple of new things. We've got uh, I'm Not Wearing Pants shorts. And they're just little clips from the show, little two-minute, one-minute, five-minute bits of things that we've done for the past, what, 94 shows now? Whoa, yeah, we're closing in on 100. Um, all right, we've got, uh, we got lots coming up tonight. Um, but among uh, the most exciting things coming up tonight, you'll see I'm, I, this was the only Malaysia shirt that I had. Uh, it's actually from Bon Odori Festival a few years ago. It says, Together Stronger. And it's got, uh, I don't know if you can see that or not. It's got the Japanese flag and the Malaysian flag on it. This was from the uh, Bon Odori. Uh, Patrick Ty liked the stream. Thank you, Patrick. Um, this was from the Bon Odori Festival several years ago. But it is very appropriate because, as our thumbnail said, we got a medal. Yeah! Unbelievable. What a finish. Aaron Cha and So Woi Yik are the Olympic bronze medalists. And that is fantastic. It is our first medal in these Olympics. And we could not possibly be prouder of them. They beat, what is it, like the number one ranked team in the country to win this? Uh, Aaron Chia Sowoy Yik beat Indonesia's Hendra Setiawan and Mohamed Asan, 17-21, 21-17, and 21-14 in the men's doubles bronze medals match. So a big, huge congratulations. Well-deserved to, uh, to our team from Malaysia there. And I thought that I would just share, in case you missed it, like anybody missed it, I would, this is shot from somebody's TV, so <laughs> just bear with it. I'm not sure you're going to be able to hear the sound, but we'll try. Here's the moment. Bronze medal point.
Yes. <laughs> Unbelievable. Congratulations, guys. Absolutely fantastic. Incredible. Now, on to the next winners. We need some more bronze and silvers and maybe even a gold. Never know. It could happen. So uh, a big, 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 big congratulations to, uh, to the Malaysian team. Uh, so happy to hear that tonight. What a way. It, was, it actually happened while I was sitting eating dinner. So, uh, yeah, very, very cool. Um, we are most pleased. <laughs> hey, Ola, uh, Alai Osai, Mulasawaran Vibhavi, Thank you for your likes. Appreciate that. Thank you. Want to give you a tip of the hat and a hello. Welcome in. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. What did we... Oh, I know what we missed. We missed this. Miko update. <laughs> yeah, we missed our Miko update. Um, wait. A major. No, we don't want that. Turn that off. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Very nice. That crazy Japanese woman keeps showing up. Um, anyway, <laughs> Miko's doing great. She's uh, she the, the heat has not been so bad, so she's better. Her friend, the Siamese cat, was here tonight, and so she was hanging out. They're actually getting along really well. There's not too much to update. She's doing fine. We, we took a reverse walk tonight. We always go the same way around our Taman here, and uh, so we decided we would completely reverse the walk, and it was quite funny because she has... She has regular poop spots. And we went reverse of what we normally do. So she kept looking. Every time we'd hit a corner, she'd go like, she'd look back up at me like, where are we going? But anyway, we made it. <laughs> oh, man. Ay -yo. Uh, oh, speaking of which. Yes, I did that on purpose. Ayo, you likely have heard me on the stream here saying Ayo. It is not something I would have ever done 20 years ago when I first came to Malaysia, but it is something I use all the time now. A-I-Y-O is in kind of a pinyin-y sort of way. Ayo. Um, it's used actually through quite a lot of, of South Asia. Uh, Southern India, Sri Lanka, Singapore, and of course, Malaysia. And it's used in a whole lot of different contexts. It's just an expression. Normally, it's one of frustration and surprise, and not always in a good way, like, oh, you, you know, or you could. That's, I think that's pretty much the best way to describe it. You know, something falls off the counter and breaks, and you're like, Ayo, you know, like the disappointment could be Ayo. Anyway, here's the news that broke this week. Ayo is now English. And it is the latest entrant into the Oxford English Dictionary. A word you can see here mostly used in, yeah, there it says, Southern India, Sri Lanka, Singapore, Malaysia. A lot of different contexts, but it is now officially in the uh, Oxford English Dictionary. So, 
Ayo. <laughs> How cool is that? All right. So now we can officially use the word Ayo. Yeah. All right. Um, what else we got going on here tonight? We got so much stuff happening. It's Saturday night, wherever you may be. I know on the other part of the planet, it's a Saturday morning and your weekend is just beginning. Uh, but here in Malaysia, it is, um, it is Saturday night. And oh, 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 yeah. I put this in the, in the tease too. A Russian bomb suit. You know, I'm not actually sure I believe this. I'll play you the video in a minute. This is very weird. But apparently the Russians, I don't know if there's, they've, they've developed the armor of the future. And I don't know whether this is real or not. I suppose it could be what I don't understand. The footage looks real. It doesn't look doctored. But then again, these days with, with deep fakes and things, it's impossible to tell. But what I'm wondering is, as you watch this, look at the fact that just the percussion itself doesn't affect this, I think it's a woman, actually, in this bomb suit. What you're going to see, if you're listening on the podcast, sorry, go to rumble.com slash Pants. You can see the video version of our show. Um, it, you know, a, a blast the size of these blasts has a certain percussive element to it that it doesn't matter what you're wearing. It's going to knock you over. Now, it does make her pause, but let me switch over cameras here and, and show you this. This is called the Russian combat suit. Now, check this out. Look at this. She's walking right by these explosions. They're going off. Watch this. Ba-boom. And it's like nothing. She just keeps walking. Watch this. There's more. Walking through fire. Walking through these bomb blasts. This is insane. Watch. Bomb goes off. Now this one. Yeah, see this woman pauses a little bit. There's a change of camera angles there. But she just keeps walking. It's a stunt performer who is in the suit. But apparently the bomb blasts are real. This is the strangest thing. Look at that. She's just walking casually through all the fire and all the explosions. You can see here her suit's getting kind of uh, kind of dirtied up there. But she is like not affected, non-flammable. There she is. It is a woman. Look at that. Wow, a very good-looking woman. Crazy stunt woman, actually. That is insane. Or another Russian combat suit, which can withstand a 50 caliber bullet. Okay. Designed by the Russian state-owned military developer, Rostec. Dang, that's scary stuff. That is insane. Like I said, I, I, the only thing that makes me wonder is because she's not affected by the concussion of the explosion. You know, you can protect yourself from the shrapnel and the smoke and the fire. That's fine. But just that physical force of the bomb's explosive power, it seems to me it would have done a lot more to have knocked her on her butt. Well, maybe not. Very, very weird. All right. Um, we have... <coughs> 
excuse me. <clears throat> wow. As you know, coffee break time. As you know, if you're living in the U.S., you have an enormous problem at your southern border, which is pretty much wide open and people are just free-flowing across. The morons stop the construction of the border wall. Uh, people are just being pretty much let in, not tested for any viruses, flown all over the country, probably given you know free stays and money. I don't even think now they're registered, required to register with ICE or go to court. I mean, they just, here you go, have a nice day. Um, and of course, with open borders comes the problem of the drug cartels uh, taking full advantage of that. And one of the things that you're always seeing are headlines about um, them finding huge amounts of drugs being smuggled over the border. They're not even smuggled anymore. They just walk right in. Uh, and one of those drugs, a very dangerous drug, is fentanyl. Fentanyl has been around for a while. I had no idea just how dangerous and powerful this drug is. It ain't something to screw with, folks. Check this out. You see that? Let me get my mouse back. That right there is fentanyl. That is a U.S. one-cent coin, a penny. Um, I, I can't really relate the size of it, but trust me, it's very small. It's, it's not as small as a dime and uh, a little bit smaller than a nickel, but that's a penny. And this is fentanyl. But here's what should scare the hell out of you. This is how much fentanyl it would take to kill the average adult. So the next time you hear about a thousand pounds of fentanyl crossing or intercepted crossing into the border, keep that in mind. That's how much fentanyl you'd need to kill the average adult. That's not something to screw with. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Wow. Scary stuff. Okay, um, what else have we got? Oh, by the way, later on, coming up, of course, we will have our book. Uh, the Jungle Book is what we've been reading, and uh, you can find them all, by the way, with only the parts where, of the show where we read the books, separated by chapters or part chapters. Um, in our Patreon page, we have a Patreon page if you'd like to become a patron of, uh, of the show and help to support this uh, live broadcast three nights a week. You can do that on patreon.com slash jsheldon. And uh, there are different levels you can sign up. It's not terribly expensive, doesn't cost you much, and it really does help a lot to support the show. But on our second tier level, you will get access, exclusive access, to all of our books separated out from the show. Now, you can find the books on our normal show, but these have been cut out just the parts where we read the book and the end of the show. Uh, so you'll, you'll have access to all those at our second tier level, and we appreciate your, uh, your support. Thank you. Or you can just sign up to help support the show. It's like five bucks a month, almost nothing. And we thank you to those of you who have done that. All right. In our, was it our last show or two shows ago? I don't remember. Not important. We talked about clackers. <laughs> Uh, Clackers was a 70s toy, which was these two balls at the end of a string 
I'll tell you what, let me flip to the picture and it'll be easier to describe it. The 70s toys, the Clackers original. So you'll see here with these, these two balls stuck on a string with a metal loop at the end. And you would take and bounce them up and down and they would boing, boing, clack, 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 and hit, clack, clack. And eventually once you got them clacking hard enough, you could go up and down with the string and they would go clack, 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 like that, okay? I mentioned that along with things like jarts, the giant dart game with the metal spike darts you threw at each other. We didn't throw them at each other, but, you know. Um, I mentioned these things were banned because they used to break. The balls here would break sometimes. I don't know if they were defective or if some, somebody was just clacking them too hard. And then shrapnel would fly all over the place. And in, in the stream last time when we talked about this, I mentioned I didn't know what they were made of. I thought they were some kind of polyurethane hard plastic. I found out what they were made of. They were made from tempered glass. Tempered glass. Now, okay, given tempered glass doesn't usually break, or it takes a lot to break it. But these crazy-ass things were actually made from tempered glass. These are glass balls you're banging around. And if you check out the last stream where we showed you one video of like the world record clacker speed, it was like, it was insane. So yeah, when they exploded occasionally, those are shards of glass that go everywhere. So needless to say, they got banned. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, you drink from the garden hose and you ride a bike with no helmet and you bang a couple of tempered glass balls at the end of a string together. I love the 70s. <laughs> I'm so glad I grew up in the 70s. <laughs> man, you have no idea. <laughs> All right, we, um, we always try and do at least one and sometimes two or three inspirational bits. And um, I had a couple of friends this week who lost folks, sadly. Um, and I thought this was appropriate. And uh, if, if, if you have lost someone recently, whether it's from viruses or just any particular reason, um, this might be something that you need to hear, and it's, it's profound. So I wanted to share this with you. It's called Broken Hearts, and it's from the Forsaken Heart and Wandering Soul site on Facebook, tip of the hat to them. I know you've lost someone, and it hurts. You may have lost them suddenly, unexpectedly, or perhaps you began losing pieces of them until one day... There was nothing left. You may have known them all your life, or you may have barely known them at all. Either way, that is irrelevant. You cannot control the depth of a wound another soul inflicts upon you. Which is why I'm not here to tell you 
tomorrow is another day, that the sun will go on shining, or there are plenty of fish in the sea. What I will tell you is this. It's okay to be hurting as much as you are. What you're feeling is not only completely valid, but necessary, because it makes you so much more human. And though I can't promise it will get better anytime soon, I can tell you that it will, eventually. For now, all you could do is take your time. Take all the time you need. Wow. Nice. Nice. And again, whether you have lost somebody in a relationship or maybe sadly more permanently lost someone, I think those words, uh, those words are most important. So if you needed it, I hope you heard it. All right. Uh, let me see here. We're going to move on to our uh, book, I think. By the way, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can do that. Of course, patreon.com slash Sheldon. You can help us uh, to support the stream. But if you just wanted to send us an email, I read all your emails. I answer them all. We do get quite a few. You can email to nopants at jsheldon.com. That's a real address. It'll go through. I'll get it. And I'll reply to you. So uh, just, it'll come up on the scroll here also if you forget. It's nopants at jsheldon.com. If you'd like to send an email, I get emails about things I talk about, things they people would like me to talk about, um, suggestions for the show, and uh, suggestions for books that you'd like me to read. We get those too. So yeah, by all means... You can always get a hold of us through our email, nopants at jsheldon.com. Or uh, Skype also, you can call in live on the show. Obviously not while we're reading the book, but um, anytime during the show, we always welcome your calls. Just Skype, I'm not wearing pants, and you will find us, and you can call the show. It's free. Uh, we also have an 800-860 number, not an 800 number. It's a Connecticut number, 860-598-0987. If you'd like to uh, dial in from your home phone or your cell phone or your hand. See, here it's called a hand phone. In the U.S., it's called a cell phone. What's it called in the U.K.? Probably hand phone. Anyway, we call them cell phones in the U.S. and hand phones here. Uh, same, same. All right. <laughs> uh, let's see. Our book, yes. Let's move on to the book. And um, we've got... We got the Jungle Book, which has gone completely left field from anything related to a Disney movie. If you've seen the Jungle Book, either the very old one or the newer ones, it's all bubbly, happy, talking animals and sing songs and, you know, Baloo and Ka and the gang. We've met Baloo and Ka and the gang, but um, the book is much more than that. Um, Hey, Misha, demigod of discordance. Welcome. Have not seen you in a while. It is good to have you uh, along for the ride. What's up? Not much of anything except Malaysia. Malaysia, Malaysia <laughs> just won a bronze medal in uh, men's double badminton in the Tokyo Olympics. We're very happy about that. We're very proud of our team. And uh, let's hope we can do some more while we're over there. 
So yeah, good to know that you are uh, that you're doing well and uh, going to an anime convention. Whoa, that is cool. And tomorrow is your birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Misha Demigod of Discordance. Happy birthday to you. There you go. <laughs> All right, we gotta we gotta get on to our book here. Thanks, Misha. Appreciate it. Um, when we last left the Jungle Book, which, like I said, has veered way away from anything related to the films, um, we were talking about the White Seal. This is almost done, the story of the White Seal, and we're going to go on to Ricky Tiki Tavi coming up in just a bit. So uh, Kotick had found what he thought was the perfect island for the uh, seals to move to. And um, <clears throat> he knew it was a place where the men who operate the killing fields would never find them. So he wanted to explore and make just doubly sure before he told all the other seals about this place. The first thing he did was to, wait a minute, I forgot something. I can't read this book without our pictures. Of course, I knew something was missing. <laughs> Here we go. All right, hold on, hold on. I'm going to get to it. Give me a moment, all right? I'm an old man. The first thing he did was to assure himself that the fishing was good. And then he swam along the beaches and counted up the delightful low sandy islands half hidden in the beautiful rolling fog. And away to the northward, out to the sea, ran a line of bars and shoals and rocks that would never let a ship come within six miles of the beach. And between the islands and the mainland was a stretch of deep water that ran up to the perpendicular cliffs, and somewhere below the cliffs was the mouth of the tunnel. It's Novastashna over again, but ten times better, said Kotick. Sea cow must be wiser than I thought. Men can't come down the cliffs, even if they were any men, and the shoals to seaward would knock a ship to splinters. If any place in the sea is safe, this is it. He began to think of the seals he had left behind him, but though he was in a hurry to go back to Novastoshna, he thoroughly explored the new country so that he would be able to answer all their questions. Then he dived and made sure the mouth of the tunnel and raced through to the southward. No one but a sea cow or a seal would have dreamed of there being such a place. And when he looked back at the cliffs, even Kotick could hardly believe that he'd been under them. He was six days going home, though he wasn't swimming slowly, and when he hauled out just above Sea Lion's neck, the first person he met was the seal who had been waiting for him, and she saw by the look in his eyes that he had found his island at last. But the Holluschickie and the Sea Catch, his father, and all the other seals laughed at him when he told them what he'd discovered. And a young seal about his age said, This is all very well, Kotick, but you can't come from no one knows where and order us off like this. Remember, 
We've been fighting for our nurseries, and that's not a thing you ever did. You preferred prowling about in the sea. Well, the other seals laughed at this, and the young seal began twisting his head from side to side. He'd just married that year and was making a great fuss about it. I've no nursery to fight for, said Kotick. I only want to show you all a place where you'll be safe. What's the use of fighting? Oh, if you're trying to back out, of course, I've no more to say said the young seal with an ugly chuckle. "'Will you come with me if I win?' said Kotick. And a green light came into his eyes, for he was very angry at having to fight at all. "'Very good,' the young seal said carelessly. "'If you win, I'll come.' He had no time to change his mind, for Kotick's head was out and his teeth sunk into the blubber of the young seal's neck. Then he threw himself back on his haunches and hauled his enemy down to the beach, shook him, and knocked him over. Then Kotick roared to the seals, I've done my best for you these past five seasons. I've found you the island where you'll be safe. But unless your heads are dragged off your silly necks, you won't believe. I'm going to teach you now. Look for yourselves. Limmershen told me that never in his life, and Limbershen sees 10,000 big seals fighting every year, never in his life did he see anything like Kotick's charge into the nurseries. He flung himself at the biggest sea catch he could find, caught him by the throat, choked him, and bumped him and banged him till he grunted for mercy. Then he threw him aside and attacked the next. You see, Kotick had never fasted for four months as the big seals did every year, and his deep-sea swimming trips kept him in perfect condition. And, best of all, he had never fought before. His curly white mane stood up with rage, and his eyes flamed, and his big dog teeth glistened, and he was splendid to look at. Old Sea Catch's father saw him tearing past, hauling the grizzled old seals about as though they'd been halibut, and upsetting the young bachelors in all directions. And Sea Catch gave a roar and shouted, He may be a fool, but he's the best fighter on the beaches. Don't tackle your father, my son. He's with you. Kotick roared in answer, and old Sea Catch waddled in with his mustache on end, blowing like a locomotive. While Matka and the seal were going to marry Kotick, cowered down and admired their menfolk. It was a gorgeous fight. For the two fought as long as there was a seal that dared lift up his head. And when there were none, they paraded grandly up and down the beach, side by side, bellowing. At night, just as the northern lights were winking and flashing through the fog, Kotick climbed a bare rock and looked down on the scattered nurseries and the torn and bleeding seals. Now, he said, I have taught you your lesson.
My wig, said the old sea catch, boosting himself up stiffly, for he was fearfully mauled. A killer whale himself could not have cut them up worse. Son, I'm proud of you. And what's more, I'll come with you to your island, if there is such a place. Hear you, fat pigs of the sea. Who comes with me to Sea Cow's Tunnel? Answer, or I shall teach you again, roared Kotick. There was a murmur like the ripple of the tide all up and down the beaches. We will come. And thousands of tired voices repeated. We will follow Kotick, the white seal. Then Kotick dropped his head between his shoulders and shut his eyes proudly. He was not a white seal anymore, but red from head to tail. All the same, he would have scorned to look out or touch one of his wounds. A week later, he and his army, nearly 10,000 holluschickies and old seals, went away north to the sea cow's tunnel, Kotick leading them, and the seals that stayed at Novostashna called them idiots. But the next spring, when they all met off the fishing banks of the Pacific, Kotick seals told such tales of the new beaches beyond the sea cow's tunnel that more and more seals left Novostashna. Of course, it was not all done at once, for the seals are not very clever, and they need a long time to turn things over in their minds. But year after year, more seals went away from Novostoshna and Lukanon and the other nurseries to the quiet, sheltered beaches where Kotick sits all the summer through, getting bigger and fatter and stronger each year, while the Hollis Chicky play around him in that sea where no man ever comes. And that's the chapter of The White Seal from The Jungle Book. All right, we're going to just do the opening. Uh, actually, before we do that, let's do the Lucadon, the deep sea song that all the St. Paul seals sing when they're headed back to their beaches in the summer. It's sort of a very sad seal national anthem. <laughs> I met my mates in the morning, and oh, but I am old. While roaring on the ledges, the summer ground swell rolled, I heard them lift the chorus that drowned the breaker's song, the beaches of Lucanon, two million voices strong. The song of pleasant stations beside the salt lagoons, the song of blowing squadrons that shuffled down the dunes, the song of midnight dances that churned to the sea to flame, the beaches of Lucanon before the sealers came. I met my mates in the morning, I it'll never meet them more. They came and went in legions that darkened all the shore. And o'er the foam-flecked offling, as far as voice could reach, we hailed the landing parties 
and we sang them up the beach. The beaches of Lucanon, the winter wheat so tall, the dripping crinkled lichens and the sea fog drenching all, the platforms of our playground all shining smooth and worn, the beaches of Lucanon, the home where we were born. I met my mates in the morning, a broken, scattered band. Men shoot us in the water and club us on the land. Men drive us to the salt house like silly sheep and tame. And still we sing Lucanon before the sealers came. Wheel down, wheel down to southward, O Gurvastokta, go. And tell the deep-sea viceroys the stories of our woe. Air empty as the shark's egg, the tempest flings ashore. The beaches of Lucanon shall know their sons no more. Nice. All right. We'll start off with the Ricky Tiki Tavi chapter, and it's just a little bit of a poem here to get us going. And uh, then next stream we'll get into the story of Ricky Tiki Tavi. At the hole where he sent in, red-eyed called to wrinkled skin. Hear what little red-eyed saith, nag come up and dance with death. Eye to eye and head to head, keep the measure, nag. This shall end when one is dead. At thy pleasure, nag. Turn for turn and twist for twist. Run and hide thee, nag. Ha! The hooded death has missed. Woe betide thee, nag. And thus begins the tale of Ricky Tiki Tavi. Cool. All right. That is going to do it for the Jungle Book for tonight. And we'll continue that on, of course, in our uh, in our next chapter. All right. Um, and that's going to do it for our stream, too. We thank you so much for joining in. Uh, we will see you again on Monday night, 10 o'clock Malaysia time, wherever that may be on your part of the planet. Don't forget patreon.com slash Sheldon if you want to help support the show. You can do that for a very small amount of money or a couple of different tier levels there if you want to get a little more bang for your buck. Thanks for our podcast listeners. The downloads are going great and the subscriptions. We really appreciate that. And like, share, and subscribe across all of our platforms. Until next time, my friends, congratulations to the Malaysian men's doubles badminton team for their winning of the bronze medal tonight. Fantastic, guys. Congrats, congrats, congrats. And, uh, yeah. Onward and upward to more Tokyo Olympic medals, hopefully for Malaysia. One last time. There you go. Japan Malaysia shirt. <laughs> cool. I got the shirt. However, I'm Jay Sheldon and I'm not wearing pants. Good night.